Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Hey there, Brian Tutel, Colton Nuanas, some sports news for you. Montana and Montana State each posted impressive wins to close out non-conference play Saturday afternoon. The Bobcats rushed for 449 yards, the third best total in program history, on their way to a 56-21 win over Norfolk State in Bozeman. The Grizzlies put the hammer down in the fourth quarter, executing a pair of drives and then a final frame to emerge with a 47-27 win over Monmouth at Washington Grizzly. Colter, tell them about it. Montana senior quarterback Dalton Steed completed 30 of 40 passes for 334 yards and four touchdowns, including a pair of touchdown passes to his tight ends, senior Colin Bingham and sophomore Bryson Deming. Montana sophomore running back Marcus Knight rushed for 21 times for 148 yards and a touchdown as the Grizz piled up 221 yards on the ground and 579 yards of total offense. And finally, UM senior linebacker Dante Olson, 13 tackles as the Grizz held the number four rushing attack in the FCS to 81 yards on the ground. Montana State, meanwhile, rested starting running back Isaac Ifonse and do-everything junior Troy Anderson yet still saw three running backs surpass the 100-yard mark for the first time in program history in the same game. Also, MSU new quarterback sophomore Tucker Rovig led the Bobcat offense to 39 first downs and 670 yards of total offense by completing 21 of 27 passes for 221 yards. The Grizzlies and Cats are both 3-1 and one in the non-conference. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. Again, the handoff to Carson. Pops it free. There he goes. Across the 20. He's on the run. All the way out to the 30-yard line. Williams tracks him down. They said the ball was out. The officials, did they blow a whistle? The Seahawks say it was balled down. The Saints say they picked it up, and they ran it to the end zone for a touchdown. And if this stands, this will be the third fumble by Carson in as many weeks.
Uh, not a great day for Chris Carson and the Seattle Seahawks in the main as the Seahawks fall 33-27. Wasn't even that close. A touchdown on the final play of the game uh, for Seattle, which is not meaningless because it's our boy Will Disley, a proud Montanan, but nonetheless, uh, Seattle, ugly football game almost all the way around on Sunday. It is ESPN Radio. It is to tell Nuwana. It's great to be with you here. Hour number two. We get into it broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, it's available on the podcast. Podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app and on iTunes and on Spotify. You can check it all out there. Uh, the uh, podcast brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, 329-1899. The phone number, all guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Coulter, Russell Wilson ultimately had a big day statistically, uh, 32 of 50 for 406 yards, two touchdowns passing, two touchdowns rushing, 51 yards on the ground. If you are a fantasy football player, you love it. This is why you hate fantasy football, Coulter, because it's not representative of the truth, which was the Seahawks stank, stank, stunk it up. Chris Carson, 15 rushes, 53 yards, had a fumble his third and three games. Couldn't figure out his cleat situation. Yeah, he was slipping. That was the weirdest thing. He slipped in the same spot of the field on consecutive carries. It was like he was on ice. And and slipped. Uh, th- he had three of his 15 carries were just him falling over. I will say Alvin Kamara also had a one play at <laughs> least where he had the same experience. It's raining. It's Seattle. Okay. You should be prepared for that. I don't understand what was going on. Why, why you know, one guy in particular couldn't get his footing, but it was a bad day for him. Uh, 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 CJ Procise rushed the ball four times for five yards. Nothing in particular uh, to speak of there. Bad day Some for Rashad. Shot not in. Did not play in this football game. Uh, had a, a, a tweak, I think, of a hamstring, hamstring, something like that. So Rashad Penny out in this game and a bad game for him to be out because clearly Chris Carson, it was not his day, and they, they certainly would have benefited from having their number one ru- running back there. But in total, look, man, the, the, the mistakes are what did in the Seattle Seahawks in this football game. You talk about uh, 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 a, a fumble that was picked up and returned for a touchdown, a punt return that was taken to the house. And by the way, how shout out Assumption College on the, uh, on the punt return. And then, uh, you know, your defense actually plays pretty well, but your offense could get absolutely nothing going for the Seattle Seahawks. They scored seven points in the first three quarters, got shut out in the second and third quarters altogether. And look, you knew it wasn't going to be their, their day when Pete Carroll gets hit in the beak with a football in the pregame gashes his nose open he's got like not sutures but like this the small like butterfly uh, stitches uh, they're like or, or like synthetic stitches not- yeah it, right holding his holding his nose. by the way over under on number of of times pete carroll has broken his nose six i don't know man because he's such a lover Think he's a fight? I, I don't. I don't really think he's got many fights. I don't know life. if it's a fight situation, but look at that schnoz, man! Oh, it is. True. It's. It's. It's a. It's like the letter L. I mean, it's just going everywhere, but straight up and down. <laughs> and I mean, I guess you're around a football long enough, you're gonna catch it in the, in 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 the chops. So anyway, uh, yeah, the, Seahawks got whipped in this game. They scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, but I mean, it was all New Orleans. 
It was. Alvin Kamara, 16 rushes, 69 yards, a touchdown, and then receiving nine receptions for 92 yards and another score, including uh, 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 the one that really sealed the deal for New Orleans. Blitz is coming. Kamara on the screen pass, and he's got a lot of room. 20, gets hit 15, 10, 5, bounces off of two tacklers, and he goes in. Alvin Kamara got hit twice. They had a great call, and the Seahawks had a blitz coming, and you could see that one dialed up from a mile away. And the Saints go on top 19-7 after a 29-yard touchdown on the screen pass to Kamara. And so the question you got to ask yourself if you're a Seahawks fan is how, how good are the Seahawks really? They, they, they beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the first game at home, which is not a, a very good Cincinnati team. They won by one. Then they go on the road. They get what what feels like it should be a good win at Pittsburgh, but they get it. Uh, you know, as Ben Roethlisberger gets injured and is now out for the year, doesn't play for for three quarters of the football game in a game that they win by two. And in the NFL, what a win's a win's a win. It's f- so true. It's even more true in the NFL than it is in in college football. If you get the W, that's all that matters. But now Teddy Bridgewater rolls into your house, okay, and wins a football game with the New Orleans Saints. And they got great players, Alvin Kamara, you know, and and, and uh, uh, Michael Thomas, of course, Ted Ginn Jr. But Bridgewater, 19-27, 177 and 2, not a huge statistical day, but you make enough mistakes, let a special teams and a defensive touchdown go in in an NFL football game, you're not going to win that football game. And Seattle had opportunities to play at a level that 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 you know would have would have produced a win, and they could be three and zero, and they could be feeling very good about themselves. And instead, New Orleans, without you know their the best player in franchise history, goes in and wins on the road. Sean Payton's just he still remains the best offensive coach in the league. He is, and that's the thing about it is even without Drew Brees, they know how to to get the ball in their playmakers' hands more effectively and more prevalently than anybody in the league. Alvin Kamara, I was I was debating this with my brother the other day. Saquon Barkley went down last night. He's going to be out four to six weeks with an ankle injury. He's certainly, as far as when you talk about strength, speed, athleticism, he's the best combo in the league. To me, Dalvin Cook's the most explosive running back in the league as far as his pure one-step, top speed, fast. I mean, he's 4-3 flat. He is ridiculously fast for the Vikings. Ezekiel Elliott's probably the best durability guy, the best in-between-the-tackles type runner, but Alvin Kamara is the best, the most diverse player out of all those four guys. He is... The way that they use him in the pass game is second to none in the league, and it makes them just impossible to stop because they figure out a way to get him a, a matchup that not he's not just favored in, that he is going to win 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Like him running that angle route over the middle right at the Mike Linebacker, forget about it. That's, that's nine yards... 100% of the time. It doesn't matter if Teddy Bridgewater or Ryan Tutel is playing quarterback. They're making money on that play. Yeah, no doubt. Um, shout out, Bobby Wagner. 18 tackles in this football game for Wags. Uh, impressive. K.J. Wright, by the way, 13 on his own. So the two linebackers for the Seahawks racking up 31 tackles. Whether that's a good or a bad thing, I guess you know, I'll leave it to, uh, to you to decide. Uh, the Seahawks, though, uh, not good. Will Disley, however, he is good. He scored yet another touchdown on Sunday. Here's Russ from the shotgun. Now he's going to spin out of it. He's going to roll right. He's going to fire a shot in the end zone. It's caught. Will Disley, touchdown Seahawks. That will end the game. So last play of the game, meaningless in terms of the outcome, uh, but Will Disley 
yet again on the radar, yet again getting it done. And uh, a Montana, born and bred, uh, a football player, went to the University of Washington. Now he's a Seattle Seahawks player in the NFL. Here's what he had to say in the postgame. The final touchdown of the game, you catch. At the end of the day, it doesn't mean the difference between a win and a loss, but what did it show in the team? Yeah, I think, you know, no matter how many seconds are left on the clock, we're going to keep fighting. Um, we're going to try and win the game. So, um, you know, I wish there was a few more seconds to get an onside kick, but, um, you know, you're grateful anytime you get in the end zone for sure. What was it about the passing game that Russ just needed you guys to come through on a couple of big plays? Not that he doesn't always, but it just seemed like today that's what kept everything going. Yeah, I mean, Russ did an unbelievable job today. Um, you know, he's an unbelievable player, and it's, it's awesome to play alongside of him. And uh, He's our leader. We're believing in him. Every time he stepped in the huddle um, before a drive, we thought we were going to score. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to come up big for him, really. Rain is normal in Seattle, but this is the first real game that we've had with consistent rain throughout. How much does that play any factor? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, um, you think we live here, we should uh, be accustomed to it. Um, but, you know, I haven't got a lot, lot, lot of practice in it. Um, you know, we had unbelievable fall camp. It was, it was sunny and 75 every day, which is Seattle. It's why you move here and live here. But um, it's tough to practice in. And when, you know, you, know, you would think they're an indoor team that, um, you know, they might fumble the ball. But, uh, you know, that was on us today. And, you know, we'll take that as a team. We'll get better. Um, you know, we'll work on, you know, wet ball drills, catching jugs, whatever we got to do to, you know, just be better next week. There was a lot of fourth down opportunities, not very many conversions. What happened? Um, I think you got to give a little credit to the Saints. Um, you know, they're a good team. They're well prepared. Um, they were hungry. Their, their leader went down. Drew Brees went down. So they were hungry. Um, you know, they took their shots when they needed to. And, um, you know, for, unfortunately, it came up big for them. But, uh, you know, it's something we'll go back, we'll look at, we'll learn. Um, you know, no one doubts our running game, fourth and one. You know, we're going to run the ball. But, uh, you know, next week we'll convert them. After they score on the punt return early in the game, does that change anything? Or I guess they should say, what does that change? Yeah, I think. Mean I mean, I think you just have to refocus. And I think, you know, that was kind of a lesson that we learned today that, um, you know, you can get down early and come back. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, some of the new guys didn't really believe that. But, you know, when you have three back there slinging it like he does, you know, you always have a chance. And uh, you always have to keep believing. Uh, you know, we need one more turnover, one more big play, uh, you know, and good things are going to happen. But, uh, you know, we'll learn from that. We're going to believe. We keep believing. We'll keep fighting. It's a long season. Uh, you know, a lot more games left to play, and it starts next week. Yeah, Dory, that is a good lesson to learn in week three is they still have a lot of football ahead. So there you go. Will Disley talking postgame. The, the one thing, man, I, I, I don't know where you stand on this when it comes to the Seahawks, but it's a, it's a two-fold deal. I do think that Pete Carroll and his staff have been, over the course of his tenure, one of the best halftime slash in-game adjustment coaching staffs in football. But the other thing is, they have been behind so many times and come back so many times to win football games. Yeah. And at some point, there's a level of expectation that's like there's teams when you're down 20, you go, well, not our day. In fact, most teams. It just does not happen in Seattle. And it's, you know, I get it. It forms a bad habit, though, right? Not, I mean, look. No, I don't think so. I think that the unmitigated belief that you're going to win the football game, regardless of how the thing's going, can you win the game in the first quarter? No. Can you win the game in the second quarter? No. Can you win the game in the third quarter? No. Can you win the game in the fourth quarter? Yes. That's that's the deal. And and I I have like I have this like mystic perception 
of what the Seattle Seahawks are and Russell Wilson specifically when it comes to the ends of games and what it is that he knows in his heart of hearts is going to happen. That they're going to figure out a way to win even the ugliest, most god-awful looking football games through the first three quarters of it. And it didn't happen Saturday, and they played. They did not deserve to win this football game in any way whatsoever. They also didn't deserve to be within six points. I mean, this should have been a 21-point blowout. And it it was a blowout, really. I mean, I mean, the Disley thing is just it's just frosting. I mean, there's nothing real there. But that does not change the fact that this team will never, ever, ever go away at any point in a football game. Like, that just will never happen, and I think it's to their credit. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. It's definitely an interesting dynamic to analyze because... Is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? Yes. Is Tom Brady the greatest comeback quarterback of all time? Not close. It's not. He's not even in the top five. How Maybe. would we know? That's what I'm saying, right, though. Right. A lot of times, being the the comeback kid is associated with like the self fulfilling prophecy of your inevitable Shakespearean tragedy. Like we talk about with a lot of these coaches that prophesize, and then what they say is going to happen happens because they just manifest it into reality, both good and bad. It's just like John Elway. John Elway was the greatest comeback kid in the history of the NFL for a full 15 years, and it wasn't until he became a front runner that he won back to back Super Bowl titles. But what what's the other side of that? Philip Rivers and and newly Deshaun Watson, where you're going to get up there and you're going to play great and everything's good, and then you're going to lose at the end, and everybody knows that you're going to lose at the end, and it doesn't really matter what you do, and you can have a nice big lead or you can be behind and coming back, but it's never really going to work out for you. Seattle, it's like it's going to work out for you until it doesn't. I just wonder if it forms bad habits because I think Seattle has fallen jo- short in the playoffs often. When they can't forge the valiant comeback. Right. I mean, they have, I mean, I remember uh, their playoff game in Carolina three or four years ago. And I mean, 28 
nothing at halftime, something like that, and they come all the way back and they lose it on the last play of the game, but the hole was too big. But I don't know if it's a habit thing. I don't think it's a habit thing. I just think it's a... Ha- habit's the wrong word, but you, I just think you get into a... you get it, It's a great mindset to have. To you're think like, you it's can okay always, that we're behind because we exactly, can come back. Exactly. It's, it's such a similar dynamic to what happened with Montana State when they were so good at the beginning of the decade and they couldn't quite get over the top. Because if anybody ever took Daenerys McGee out, everybody else on the team, they didn't know how to function without him. They were just like, dude, Daenerys is just going to win us the game. Just like the Seahawks, like, well, Russell Wilson is just going to win us the game. Mm-hmm. They're such similar. That's a, such a similar comparison. The, those two guys, they're such similar quarterbacks. I remember when the Root Sports people were doing the Bobcat games, they were the first ones. I mean, Jen Mueller, who just did that interview with yep. Will Disley, she, I remember her telling me on the sidelines, she's like, he's like the shorter, small school version of Russell Wilson. He's just like Russell Wilson. And it was a great comparison then. Um, speaking of the Panthers, you mentioned the Panthers. Yeah. How about the Panthers? Have you seen, first of all, did you see the meme? You know, the, the Cam Newton Play 60 commercial from a couple years ago where the little kid meets him outside the bus and he's like, hey, Cam, he's like, someday I'm going to be the Panthers quarterback. Cam's yeah. like, cool, man. He's like, I'm going to take your job, be your mom's favorite yeah. player. <laughs> that yes. meme is going around the internet now and it said, who knew that this kid was Kyle O'Brien? Or Kyle whatever Allen, yeah. Kyle Allen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And by the way, they went very early in the week to announce that Cam is not going to be back again this week from his foot injury. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a long recovery road for Cam Newton and his foot now that you got a player playing quarterback. Yeah, right, no doubt. Uh, (laughs) It's an interesting situation, man, because honestly, if Kyle Allen puts together one or two more good games, that's the end of Cam Newton in Carolina. It is, because you can't pay Cam Newton that. You can't. You can't. If you have a serviceable guy to replace him, you have to make the next move. That's what the NFL is going to become. This is exactly what I've been talking about for four months. If you have a guy who is a serviceable guy who you can pay on his rookie contract, you cannot pay Cam Newton $35 million. You cannot. Somebody else will, but you cannot if you're the Panthers. I would just pump the brakes. They beat Arizona. We'll see what happens. Uh, By the way, next week for the Seattle Seahawks, Arizona. So, Presumably, even though it's a road game in the desert, uh, a good opponent to get maybe on track. And the first, so interesting how some divisions, the NFC North open with like two divisional home games in some cases. And now this will be the first divisional game for the Seahawks and we're already in week four uh, against the uh, Arizona Cardinals Sunday. By the way, don't forget Friday, 12 for the 12s, 12 minute. 12 minutes for the Seattle Seahawks fans, 12 for the 12s, with Michael Sean Dugar of The Athletic, covers the Seahawks for The Athletic. You will join us 5 o'clock Friday, so uh, make sure you're there for that. Quick break, come back, around the big sky. We talked about Montana, we talked about Montana State, but what else transpired in this last week of non-conference football play, including UC Davis, Montana's next opponent, on the road at the number one team in the land, NDS. You will get to that right after this. Coulter, would you like to go clean your gutters? Nope. Would you like to clean mine? Nope. Why? Dangerous. Danger, Will Robinson. You know why I wouldn't want to, okay? Because I, I have confidence that I'm not going to lean too far over that ladder. Not full confidence, but but enough confidence that I'm not going to go down and break my hips. But the sheer aggravation of it is enough to make me insane. That's why I'd go to Missoula Gutter Cleaning. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com online. You get yourself a, a muddy, mucky problem in your gutters where it's fall the leaves are falling in there. You got to get them cleared out so there's just rain's falling. You go to MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. They're going to come out. They'll give you an estimate, and then they will clean your gutters while you do something more relaxing. Like, I don't know, take a nap. Just lay it out. Get horizontal. Get in front of the TV. Get out your popcorn. Go on a date. Go to a game. 
Go play a round of golf, whatever you want to do. Just don't clean your gutters. Don't risk it. Don't risk the injury. Don't risk the humiliation. Don't risk the pain. Go to MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Guess what? They'll even give you a $20 gift card to your favorite brewery or coffee shop when the work's done. It's just like that. They'll do the work and give you a present. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Wednesday, we're bringing it to you. The FCS Speculators, a betting podcast with a Vegas eye on the big sky and FCS. Coulter and I are going to uh, open things up. We'll uh, even take your Twitters or your emails or your Instagrams. That's what they're called, right? And we'll f- filter through some of those things and uh, give you the information you want, the games that you're looking for. And we'll take a look at the spreads, the lines, the over-unders, the numbers, uh, and uh, and take a look at it at, from the FCS level, and especially the Big Sky Conference, because there's not a lot about uh, a lot of that out there, and it's fun to do. It's a fun entry point to talk football, uh, which is what we're going to do. So the brand new podcast, FCS Speculators, coming to you starting Wednesday. Uh, Coulter, let's take a look around the Big Sky Conference, brought to us by SkylineSportsMT.com. Montana and Montana State both win- winners. The game of the weekend at the national level. Uh, for the FCS was certainly UC Davis, the number four team in the nation at North Dakota State. Uh, speaking of lines, I think this game was like 22 points or something like that. I think you and I both said that UC Davis we thought would do better than that, even though we picked them to lose. I had them down 17. Well, they made it very respectable. They lost by nine, 26-17. They were ahead in this football game uh, at 26-17 against North Dakota State at Fargo. I mean, it's hard to stand there and cheer for a loss if you're UC Davis, but I mean, the UC Davis fan base has got to, it's, it's, it's such an odd stamp of solidifying who you are to lose by nine at Fargo and go bang, here we are. We know we're this good. You know what I mean? Because that's the sort of barometer that the Bison have, have created at the FCS level. No doubt. I mean, UC Davis, they got 19 first downs at 422 yards of total offense. Those are huge wins. Huge. They had the ball. They're down 20 to 16 with the ball, three minutes and 40 seconds to go. And then Jake Mayer threw a th- uh, an interception on third down, and NDSU takes over a, a right near the red zone, about 20, 25 yards from pay dirt. And then on a third down and seven, Trey Lance lowers his shoulder, bam, 11 yard touchdown, game set match. But the fact that they were, in, I mean, they're driving for a, a go ahead score. This is how ridiculous North Dakota team. State's run has been. They were the first team in three years that was in the game in Fargo in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The first team to be even in the game yeah. in the fourth quarter. So it's a huge testament to them. I think that they played better on defense than I thought they would. I mean, they, they only allowed 16 first downs. They only allowed, I mean, 
That's another gauge of how ridiculous North Dakota State is. They held them under 200 yards rushing. That's the first time they've been held under 200 yards rushing in 30 plus games. So, and and, and that's I, I think that's the maybe the most critical thing because when you think about UC Davis, you think about what the offense. great offense, the great quarterback, the great schemes they have to hold NDSU to under 200 rushing. That is a testament, man, to to the skill and also the toughness. And when you think about UC Davis and the offense in the passing game, it doesn't usually go with you know gritty, tough nosed rush defense. That's exactly what they were on Saturday, though, and it's uh, they are going to be a very tall task for the Montana Grizzlies on on Saturday, which we'll talk a lot about this game throughout the course of the week. Eastern Washington sort of created this new model of how to play defense paired with a really high-powered offense. It's not a unique evolution to Eastern Washington. It's happening across the country. I think teams are realizing when you run the spread, and this is something that was just absolutely to the demise of Bob Stitt. If you run the spread, and then you try to run this negative yardage-based offense, or based defense, excuse me, where you just prioritize selling out for tackles for loss, like Montana did under Jason Seymour, you can have such a feast or famine style because when you're rolling, you might score 60 points. But when you don't, you're going to give up so many big plays when teams can hit against that. I mean, look at the quarterback draw play that the Cats ran for two years against that defense, just gashing them. And you, Easter Washington realized, all right, if we're going to be, try to be that team that runs the spread and tries to score 45 points per game, the number one priority we have to make defensively is on the defensive secondary. We have to play man, and we have to figure out a way to force turnovers. Because then it doesn't matter if you give up 28 points per game. If you get two takeaways, two extra possessions for your offense, you'll win by three, by 14 to 21 points every time because you have that level of confidence in your ability to, to score touchdowns offensively. More possessions, you will win because you'll stay out ahead. You'll always have an extra possession if you can force two to three turnovers a game. Davis has taken that model and run with it. Davis actually has probably two of the best cover corners in the league. They're not going to have one of the top pass rushing guys. That's just not what the way that their recruiting model is catered to. They're not going to have a Bryce Sterk. They're not going to have really a Dante Olsen. But they can go get an Isaiah King like they have right now. They can go get elite DBs, and when you do that, then all of a sudden now you can match up on the perimeter, you can win the possession game. So UC Davis has made, everybody talks about this resurrection under Dan Hawkins, and not even really a resurrection, an emergence for the first time as a Division One member for UC Davis, and it is. It's all about Hawk, and it's all about Tim Plow, the offensive coordinator. It's all about Jake Mayer, the quarterback, Keelan Doss, the receiver. The reason that UC Davis won 10 games last year, those guys all did their, they all lived up to expectations to be certain. But UC Davis won 10 games last year because of the improvements on their offensive line and their defensive secondary. That's why they were a 10-win team that shared the Big Sky title. And they show that in Fargo. They show that they can go toe-to-toe with a team that has a completely opposite identity than they do. Absolutely. Well, UC Davis, even with the loss, no change in the FCS poll, uh, stats FCS poll. They're still number four in the nation uh, after after the loss there at Fargo. Weber State, they had a bye this week, so they are still number six. Montana State, they move up one spot to number seven with their win, 56-21. The biggest mover was a move down in what, to me, was the biggest shocker in a long time at the uh, in the Big Sky Conference, even though it wasn't technically a conference game. Eastern Washington got rolled up in the first half by Idaho. I mean, that is as bad a look for Eastern Washington as you could possibly have to be down 21-zip to Idaho at Idaho, and yet they and were... And it got to 28-zip. Yeah, 28, 28 yeah, sorry, at halftime. Sorry, 28 nothing at halftime, yes. Uh, East Washington came back, but ultimately lost the game 35-27. 
good. I mean, congratulations to Idaho. I, I thought I thought this, uh, not just this game, but I thought this season was uh, potentially a nofer for the Idaho Vandals the way that they were going uh, in through the first three games. But they showed some moxie and against a you know what I I thought Eastern Washington was going to be down relatively speaking, but a team that I certainly thought was you know a top uh, absolutely top 25 team in the nation and still a very very good team with a great quarterback and and still rolling with a bunch of dudes and everything but this is this has to be shaking for Aaron Best and the Eastern Washington Eagles about what they are and what they're about and I I didn't see this game I don't know how it kind of got to that point but in any case they drop uh from 11 uh, coming off their loss at Jacksonville State, down to 21. Now, I know that they suffered several injuries uh, at Jacksonville State, particularly the linebackers, and and that is always going to be a factor. But the reality is you losing at Idaho is, at, at this very moment, looks looks like a horrendous loss. Maybe Idaho all of a sudden pulls it out of the fire and is better than what we thought, and maybe residual FCS, you know, or FBS recruits, you know, prove that, you know, they're interested and want to play and, 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 and all of that. Great win for Idaho, you know, winning against a top 11 team in the country. A huge win, I think, for, for Mike Petrino and the... Just, Paul Petrino. Excuse me. Excuse me. Paul Petrino and the identity of that team. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, uh, a surprise. It's just a complete surprise to me on this one. Yeah, I mean, Chris Ojo, who's Easter Washington's best defensive player, was out. He was on crutches all week. Not sure what the exact injury is. It's an ankle of some sort. Not sure how severe it is. Yeah. Jack Settleback, is, who's also probably their second best linebacker mm-hmm. and probably one of their three best defensive players, he was on the sideline as well. Justin Justice Warren, who's a former four-star recruit who transferred to Eastern Washington from uh from the University of Washington. He has missed all three games so far this season with an injury. And so they're shorthanded to be sure. But Aaron Best, after the game, Eastern Washington third-year head coach, he said, I'm not going to worry about the bodies we don't have. At 28 nothing, they completely dictated the tempo and kept Eric Berrier, Eastern's quarterback, where they needed to. Credit their defensive game plan. It was exceptional, and they ran the ball better they ran the ball much better than us, and we were they were way more consistent with it. That's not a winning formula. So Idaho, despite Eastern Washington being Shorthanded also just out-schemed them. It sounds like they had a great plan to keep Barry in check. Barry did not get loose in the pocket whatsoever. Uh, he threw a bad interception in the in the first quarter, and then he also had a bad fumble in the second quarter. So two turnovers, that's how you get down 28 nothing. Well, he still threw for 365 yards and two touchdowns. He still ran for two other touchdowns. But Eastern Washington held as a team under 100 yards, 95 yards on the ground. And Aaron Best, you know, he wants nothing to do with that. This is a guy, you know, a former offensive lineman who wants to rush the football. Meanwhile, Idaho goes for 223 as a team. I mean, they have a huge day. That's on the ground, by the way, rushing. A huge day rushing. So, you know, Paul Petrino finding it out in a great mix uh, uh, between rush and pass. I mean, they had ultimately 47 rush attempts to 31 pass attempts. And and Mason Petrino, very uh, efficient, 22-31 uh, for 240 yards, two scores. He had an interception as well. But uh, a, a great, an equally sided great win for Idaho and terrible loss for Eastern Washington. Uh, I, I did not vote for Eastern Washington in my top 25 poll this week. I dropped him completely out. I, I mean, I mean they're, they're 0-3 against Division One competition. Right. Yeah, I mean, you got to you got win a D1 game before you're getting my vote, no uh, doubt. Just quickly running through the rest of it. By the way, Eastern Washington 1-3 now on the season. Uh, South Dakota beats Northern Colorado 14-6 to in the Ho-Hum Bowl. 
Northern Iowa beat Idaho State 13 to 6. That's a much more interesting game, especially on the road at UNI. UNI now 2 and 1. Idaho State keeping it close but just ultimately couldn't score. I mean, they're two up, field they're goals. up 6-3 right. late in the game. Uh I think the, I, I think I think what we've learned the last 2 weeks though is that Idaho State's defense is much better than people thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. They gave up 31 to Utah, which I think Preseason, we were laughing, saying that could be sixty yeah. to nothing, yeah. and uh, they gave up then thirteen to Northern Iowa. They're playing a lot better than I think a lot of people thought. Uh, Portland State pounding Eastern Oregon, obviously stepping down, but fifty nine to nine. By the way, oh, go ahead. Tease for tomorrow. Bruce Barnum, Portland State head yeah. coach, will join us on the show. Great, uh, not not just a great, the best interview in college football. <laughs> like like you were saying. Got to have that dump button ready because you have no idea where yeah, this thing might be yeah, going. Yeah. But Portland State is the the mystery of the big sky to me because Portland State has not played an FCS team. They played two FBS and two D2s. Right. So we don't know where we're at with Portland State. Well, they're 2-2, two and two, as you might expect. They played and played close with Arkansas. Did you see what happened this weekend? What did Arkansas do? Lost to San Jose State Ooh. in Arkansas. Well, Arkansas is not good. Oh, boy. I mean, pining for the days. Of Brett Bielma. That's my favorite thing, though, is when uh, a school has the what have you done for me lately attitude and then fires a, a coach that maybe is out of their league and then they just suck. And then just, just implode. And it's like, well, you got what you deserved. I don't know. I, Not that I, Brett Bielma is some like bastion of morality or anything like that, but he's a better coach than the dude they have well, now. Well, I, I, I think that I could find maybe somebody around here from Arkansas who might know something about this and just tell them how bad their football <laughs> team is. Uh, okay. Uh, Illinois State did beat Northern Arizona 40-27. to NAU is Montana State's upcoming opponent to open Big Sky play. This game at Illinois State. Illinois State, obviously, uh, a very formidable uh, uh, football team in the FCS and in, in, in a good history, but they're now 3-1 Northern Arizona. Two and two, and then the last game that I was very interested in this game, the evening Fresno State hosting Sacramento State. Fresno State wins by two touchdowns, thirty-four twenty. But again, a good showing for Sacramento State, and I think they are uh, a, a real sleeper in this Big Sky Conference this season. They're going to win some games and uh, and and maybe upset the apple cart a little bit, uh, as it were. I'm so excited to ask. We're going to have. Bruce Barnum on this week. We're going to have Jay Hill from Weber State on on Thursday. We're also going to have Dan Hawkins from UC Davis on on Wednesday. So a little Big Sky Conference preview of some of the top coaches in the Big Sky Conference. But I'll tell you one question I am going to ask each one of them is how do you expect the fact that almost everybody in the league played an FBS and more than half the league played two to affect the level of play? Because I do think that if you can make it out of those games healthy, if you're Sac State and you know that you just – you went 19 to seven against Arizona State. You were in the game the entire time, and then you come out and you only lose by two touchdowns to Fresno State. When that's your final tune-up, now then you go play your first conference game. They're not even close to as talented as the FBS team you just played. So maybe the game is slowed down to you. How's it going to affect the level of play? I think it's an interesting dynamic this year that we haven't seen in several years. That is our look around the Big Sky Conference brought to us by SkylineSportsMT.com. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll take a look around the prep slate this weekend. A huge uh, weekend in uh, high school football around the state of Montana. And how long has it been since two teams at the AA level in Missoula were combined to be 7-0? and It's been a long time. Well, guess what? It has is, it is now happened. Uh, we'll tell you exactly how right after this. Hey, I've been telling you about this. Why don't you come hang out with me? Would you? October the 10th, that's a Thursday, from 6 till 9.30 p.m. at the Barn on Mullen out there near the Ranch Club. Beautiful facility out there. We're going to have a an auction 
of uh, of professional tennis players to benefit the Watson Children's Shelter. Okay, we're going to do it for a good cause out there on October the thirteenth. Come out that evening and enjoy a fun night, an auction of professional tennis players, and then have a tennis pro am the entire rest of the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. Doubles tournament play with a pro. So you. You think you're a good tennis player? Get yourself better with a pro. Go out there. Pick the best player that you can find. Put up some money to uh, benefit a great, great uh, uh, entity in this community in the Watson Children's Shelter and have a ton of fun. Full breakfast bar on Saturday and Sunday. There's a lunch on Saturday as well as a tour of Watson Children's Shelter. There's going to be, of course, refreshments, snacks, everything you need to, uh, you know, play at your best over the course of the weekend. And Saturday evening, a hosted VIP party for you and a guest to meet all the pros as well. A complimentary uh, professional photograph with the pro when you uh, when you get one. So come out and uh, be a part of the auction. Benefit a great cause. Online, WatsonChildrensShelter.org. WatsonChildrensShelter.org. You're going to get info and tickets there. There's also going to be a silent auction. You're going to be able to get that online when you text for the kids, number four, and then the word the kids, for the kids, to seven one. 760 it begins on October 4th. So you can be online and uh, texting, see what the, 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 the items are that are being auctioned off and put your, uh, uh, you know, your auction bid in early uh, and often get there, but come out. Uh, I'll look forward to uh, being out there. I'm emceeing this. So we'll, uh, we'll get some, some people auctioned off uh, to, uh, to, uh, the, to all of you, to the community for a great and fun, uh, entertaining uh, uh, pro-am tournament over the weekend and uh, benefiting a great cause. Again, October 10th, that's a Thursday from 6 to 9.30 at the Barn on Mullen for Watson Children's Shelter. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Coulter, let's take a look around uh, the high school football ranks uh, in our prep extra segment presented by Farmers State Bank. Uh, Sentinel goes to Helena Capital. Helena Capital, uh, the, the favorite in this football game, especially at home. The Class AA ranks appeared to have a separation of a top tier involving three teams. The third of those teams, Helena Capital and Sentinel, even though they were undefeated, being you know kind of thought of in that second tier, will no longer because Sentinel went up to Helena Capital and got the win and is now 4-0. 28-14, great defensive effort there by Missoula Sentinel. And uh, it's, it's so interesting how some of this stuff works. Sentinel 
was building towards last year for three years. Rylan or Elias DeWaters, uh, Jace DeWalt, all those guys were three-year starters, guys that really showed flashes as sophomores and then won a playoff game as juniors, and they come in as seniors, huge expectations, and they lose not one, not two, not three, not four, but five games by a score or less. Yes. And they finished five and five and missed the playoffs, even though they were literally six or seven plays away from being eight and two or nine and one. They were in every single game yep. to the very end. And then yep. all those guys now, J, uh, Elias DeWaters and Jace DeWalter playing for the Grizz, Rylan Orts playing for the Bobcats. So you think, okay, well, you lose three Division One players. There's no way you're going to be as good as you were a year ago. Now these kids are really parlaying that disappointment of last year and using it as motivation. It's a great start for the Spartans. Well, and obviously the addition of Jackson Lee, helpful to that uh, end uh, no as doubt. well. No uh, doubt. Another game uh, in Missoula, Hellgate on their homecoming beats Flathead, and uh, the Hellgate Knights are 3-0 and for the first time since, hello, 1987. The Knights 3-0, and uh, and they also obviously have an outstanding player in Raleigh Wooster, but good for Hellgate, man. For this is, this is It just makes me happy every time they win a football game, given what they've gone through for the last, I don't know, 15 years. Those kids deserve to have something good happen, and, and something good is happening. They have not had, admittedly, the toughest schedule to start the season in terms of the teams that they've played. Totally. But nonetheless... Nothing to, be, they can't overstate momentum, though. They haven't had momentum in 20 years. Ever. Ever. So to, so to be 3-0 and and to win your homecoming football game, it's outstanding. We had Mick Morris on the roundtable last week. Great to have him, and, and uh, it's exciting what he has been up to and what this team has been up to. And, and now as the road gets a little bit steeper in terms of the competition, they are unblemished, and that is a great thing for Hellgate. Raleigh Wooster commits to Utah State, and then a couple hours later goes out and gets four total touchdowns through two and rush for two. So he's turning it up. Mick Moore said last week on the roundtable that he thinks he's the best football player in the state of Montana, and at this point, it's hard to argue. There's a lot of other guys that are certainly in the mix, but Raleigh Wooster is right there. Another guy that's in the mix is Tommy Malott. He continues his absolutely outstanding senior year, Butte High. Uh, they're undefeated. They're number two in the state again this week. Uh, so great effort by the Bulldogs as they continue to roll. Uh, a couple other Notable performances, Manhattan toppled Missoula Loyola here in Missoula, 26-14. Yep. So the Rams, 2-2, two and two, heading into conference play. Granted, though, they've, their two losses are to the number one and number two teams in the state right. at the Class B level. So Loyola will be back. They have a lot of great athletes at Loyola right now. But I know it's been a little bit of a learning experience in terms of what they're trying to do defensively. Uh, but probably the most surprising result of the weekend, Dylan takes down Hamilton. Dylan, a 26-25 win over Hamilton knocks the Bronx out of the number one it's spot not, in Class it's, A. It's almost never that you can say Dylan at home is an no underdog, doubt. but such was the case. Well, right? I mean, the best—I mean, the, the Gatorade Player of the Year plays at Hamilton High School. That's, that's right. Carson Rostad. So anytime you knock him off, that's big time. But there's a big showdown coming this week as well. Frenchtown was up 49-0 and got a running clock in the second half against Steve in a 49-13 win. So the Bronx are undefeated. I voted them number two in this week's Treasure State Media Poll on our behalf. And uh, now you got... Hamilton coming off a loss against Frenchtown, which has won four straight next week. It'll be a big game. It's going to be huge. Bronx and, versus Bronx. And the bigger now for Hamilton, now that they have endured that loss uh, as well. But uh, uh, that'll be a fun one, certainly, to keep an eye on. So there you go. It's our prep extra segment. It's presented by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. And now link up with the MyCard app. Turn your card off from anywhere you are. You lose it. You can't find it. Safe, secure, instant. MyCard app. Farmers State Bank. FarmersEBank.com. Coulter, a couple minutes left. 
Monday Night Football tonight. The Chicago Bears are in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital for Monday Night Football. They are a road favorite, five-and-a-half-point favorite. The uh, Redskins are 0-2. Chicago is 1-1, a controversial win uh, uh, against Denver last week, but a win nonetheless. Uh, Adrian Peterson going to be toting the rock, as it were, for Washington. Washington is not good, but Case Keenum has played Again, better than people think that he should be playing. And I think, to your point, the Bears are dangerously close to being 0-2 against two teams that really no one knows how. I mean, people don't think Denver's any good, and people have no idea if the Packers are any good. Early returns, even though they're 3-0, and are questionable at best. They, this Chicago team has not been good the first two weeks, period. And even though they got to lock it up defense, and their defense is the real deal, uh, they got they got some issues to work through. I got Washington losing but covering in this one as a five and a half point home dog. So I think I picked as well yeah. earlier on in the week. Yeah, I guess last week it would be, but I'm telling you, man, the Bears are one of my free fallers. They're going to be a team that does not live up to expectations and not live up to their performance a year ago. Well, on behalf of all humanity, I hope you're right. You know. <laughs> The Bears fans of this community, and there's a lot of them, they just got to hate this. I mean, you a Viking fan and me a Packer fan, and we just tag team on them, and they can't even speak up for and themselves. And it's the only fandom I really have. And I just I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy seeing the Bears lose so much. Well, I don't know if it's going to happen tonight, but it'll be fun to watch anyways. Have a great night, boys and girls. See you tomorrow. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.